listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM coming to you live from Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. Learn how to study the Bible more effectively, get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going, and experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, David Leo, and today we have Pastor David Maxwell, who we're going to call Max on the show since we're both called David, joining us from Launceston. And uh, well, this is not part of a series. He just went through a revelation of the significant sins of, of uh, the book of Revelation. But this mm. is just a one-off program that we're going to go, go through. It's called uh, The Day of the Lord. So yes. uh, welcome, Max. Good to see you, Leo. Or good to hear you today, yes, Leo. To hear you too. Yes. <laughs> so it's um, so it's good to have you back back with us this week. And uh, you've been every time we have a program, we have an introduction to a passage that is uh, precious to you. So mm. uh, what's what's that passage that you're going to start with today? Yeah. Thanks very much, Leo. So in in my last series, I I shared seven of my most significant passages in the Bible. And for the last few programs this year, I I want to share some other favorite verses. And the first one I wanted to share, or passages, I should say, the ones I want to share today are in Ezekiel chapter 18. And if you've never read Ezekiel chapter 18, I I would encourage you to read it because this, this particular passage talks about... Uh, what what God is really like, how fair He is, how just He is, uh, how He He is. If we don't want to be with Him, He acknowledges that. If we do want to be with Him, He acknowledges that. And so He sees the state of our heart, and and it also unpacks a little bit a little bit about who God is, what He's like. And so in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 23 and 32, very easy to remember. You just remember Ezekiel 18, 2, 3, 3, 2. Okay, that's that's really easy. So two really good verses. And in verse 23 he says, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? So it's a question that's a rhetorical question that's posed as a question, all right? So as he's asking, he says, do I have a pleasure? Do, do I enjoy this? Do I enjoy that the wicked should die? Don't I rather that they that they turn away from their wicked ways and actually live? And so that's the rhetorical question that's posed there. And in verse 32, he answers that rhetorical question. He says, for I have no pleasure hmm. in the death of the one who dies, says the Lord God, therefore turn and live. And and I love this passage because here I think it's a really clear statement of a, of God and, and, and how he feels towards us sinful, failing people. So it's not somebody saying, even though Ezekiel is writing here, he's writing the words of God and God is speaking to him and God is saying, uh, do you, you know, haven't you got it wrong? Do, do you think I really enjoy this? Do you, do you think I enjoy that people choose to die? I've made everything possible for them to live. I don't want anyone to be lost. I would prefer, if it was up to me, I'd prefer everyone to be saved, but I won't force your will. I won't yeah. force you to obey me. You know, but, but a day is coming when everyone will know everything that I've done and everything that I've made possible you know, the extents that God has gone to to save everyone. Everyone will realize this one day and will know 
It says in Philippians 2, 10 to 11, that, and we'll look at that later, that every knee will bow. Everyone will acknowledge that God has been fair and just with them. Mm. Okay, so we might not think that now, but when we see everything that God's tried to do, we'll acknowledge, well, you, you did, you did. So I feel this passage is a really good lead-in. It's one of my favourites. Yeah. But it's also a good lead-in for today's program, uh, which we're calling the Day of the Lord. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that. You know, like it's a. Um, we're nearly at a point where, uh, you know, you said that God will acknowledge whether we want it or not. You know, if you want mm. eternal life, I'll give it. If you don't, then I won't. You know, mm. but it's, it's mm. like we're at a point where I don't want it, but I still. I, I don't want. I don't want to follow you. Do what's or required. Do, yeah, do what's required. But I still. <laughs> I still think it's fair that you give me eternal life. Eternal you know life. I mean? Yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That's a funny thing. Eternal life to, to right do now. what I want. Yeah. And do you, know, do you know what's funny? When you get to know Jesus, <clears throat> you do, you do do what you want. Because uh-huh. when you get to know, know Jesus, saying. you want to follow saying. him. Yeah, yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So, um, you want to wrap up the year with this interesting topic, the Day of the Lord? Yeah, a couple of them. So in the past seven weeks, we've looked at a series called The Significant Sevens of Revelation, where we looked, yeah, yeah, we looked at the seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, seven signs, seven bowls, and 7,000 years. And then we wrapped it up last week with looking at the number 42, which was six sevens. And it was a reference to Jesus, who is actually the answer to life, the universe, and everything, not some silly you know, response from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Jesus is actually the answer to life, the universe, and everything. So yeah. do you want to let people know how they can see those? Uh, yes. Uh, they, we've got the Faith FM app. If you uh, go to Google Play or Apple Store, you can download the Faith FM app, and you can listen to the previous um, previous episodes, and I suggest you do, but David's actually going to do a, a bigger Elaborate um, breakdown of mm. the sevens next year. So you want to <laughs> you want to listen to these episodes as a bit of an introduction, and yeah. then uh, you can go to um, our website as well, and also listen to it live on the faithfm. dot uh, com. dot au. So um, those are the two places you can go to. Mm. Um, and so you've got a uh, today. <laughs> sorry. So what we're doing today? <laughs> yeah, and today we're going to go through a topic that you've um, called the Day of the Lord, which comes up quite often yeah. in the um, in the Old Testament. But Zechariah yes. fourteen verse one in particular, where you're going to go is uh, mm, that's, that's a, where we're going to dig that's today. A special reference, yeah. It is. So, it is. So yeah. as I start to wrap up the year, it's just going to be a few isolated programs, but they're going to focus a little bit on. They're going to focus on Jesus a lot. So they're going to focus on some stuff happening uh, leading up to. It's going to focus on how we can be ready. It can be focusing on Jesus' character and behaviour, and and this today one today's one the day of the Lord. What what does that mean? As we unpack it, we'll see what that phrase means in the Bible, and you'll be surprised to find that that phrase actually means a couple of things, but we'll, we'll look at that in a moment. First, I want to ask a listener question. What was the most significant day in your life? Now, that might be hard to nail down, <laughs> right? Yeah. But was there one that jumps out to you? Uh, I can share one that came straight to mind for me. And I'll just do this quickly. So if you've got a, if you've got one you can think of, David, I'll get you to share it as well. Yeah. Should I say Leo? Yep. Um, the most significant day for me was when I discovered something in the Bible that I didn't know before. And the reason it was significant was that, you know, when you're young, you're arrogant. And I was quite young and arrogant thinking that because I had a Christian upbringing, I knew I, I, I dare, dare say 
everything in the Bible, but I, I actually felt like I knew everything in the Bible. I, I knew a lot in the Bible because of that Christian upbringing. My granddad was a Baptist minister and, you know, all sorts of stuff. So my parents are very, very spiritual. So discovering that one amazing new thing made me question everything that I'd learnt before. You know, and, and it was like someone pulled the spiritual rug out from under my feet and I remember God saying to me, David, you don't know what you believe. If you, if you want to know what you believe, you're going to have to study it for yourself. And so I had to reconfirm or deny everything that I knew. Whoa. And I had to go back and re-study everything from that day on, from that particular day on. I didn't throw religion away. I decided that, well, I can't just take this for granted. I have to find for myself then everything in the Bible, not just what I thought I knew. So I started drawing nearer and nearer to Jesus. And after about two years of study, I accepted him into my life forever. And that was a significant change in my life. So that was the most significant day in my life where I I, I realized that my own human understanding wasn't everything. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What about you, Leo? Wow. Do do you have a day? Yeah, it wasn't. I, I did when you asked the question. I was thinking of a, of a time where I just felt really special and really valued. But mm, um, the, mm, the day, mm. I suppose, it was massive to me. And I think it was, it was when my, my wife threw me a surprise 30th birthday. Mm. You know, and that never happened to me. It was massive. You know, she mm. brought some friends and things like that and put on a massive do. And I don't know, I suppose for me, it was just the. Um, uh, it was like an affirmation. Man, I got the right one. You know, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wow, this, that's this is a, nice. This is a special gift, but I, I'll never forget it. It was a, it was a great, it was a great time. I had a, a really fun, uh, fun day that that particular day, and um, yeah, it's a day I'll never forget. It's a, it's a mm. gift that I thought, wow, this is really precious that my my wife would do that. <laughs> So, and she's a great lady. I've met her. Yeah, yeah, you know. So you did yeah. make a good choice. Yeah. Thanks, David. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and look, and look, those are significant days in my life too. Meeting my wife for the first time. You know, that was before this. The meeting meeting Mary was was really significant. Mm. But in the scheme of things, the most significant was for me having that realization. Yeah. So, you know, we all have significant days in our life. Yeah. And so if I mean, everybody uh, who's listening, please text in and, you know, let us know what your significant day, the, the most significant day. So try and try and filter it down to the most significant one. Don't feel pressured like you have to say it's when you met your partner or, you know, I, I hope it was, you know, when you had your child was significant. Yeah. <laughs> when you got married was significant. But try and, you know, filter it down to the most significant one and just just send that through to us so we can just share. We won't share names, but um, if you can just share some of your most significant ones, we'd love to hear it. And anything else, anything else that you... uh, that you would like to share from the program. Amen. Now you could text How do they do that? They text it through to 0488-880-891. We've already had a response from our friend Ed out in uh, Western Australia. <laughs> he said the most significant thing to him was the scriptural truth of what happens mm. after death. Mm. And uh, that can really change. That's a paradigm shifter as well, isn't it? You know, mm. out, out, um, out, outlook of life and things like that. But um, yep. we'll, we'll get into some more as we come back from break. But the first song we're going to go to is Melissa Otto. And this is called Here He Comes. What a great song. Riding on a white horse to pull me 
love stronger than death, my true one sought in the stillness of night, gentle and quiet. to Tez Encounters of Faith FM and we're talking with Pastor Max on the topic of the day of the Lord. I want to remind you, thank you uh, Ed for sending in your answer uh, but the listener question is what was the most significant day in your life? You can text that through to 0488-880-891 and so we're back from break and uh, Max you're going to be talking about a, a new topic titled uh, just, a, just a one-off um, mm. We'll finish the series But it's called The Day of the Lord Before the break You said that um, For the next uh, Few weeks Or actually We're, we're going to go break mm. soon Aren't we but, We are, um, we are. But uh, soon and later enough uh, I told everyone Stay in tune for next year Because you're going to Elaborate on the Significant sevens. But yeah, yeah. What, what are we going to Start us off today With our topic On the Day of the Lord yeah, thanks, Leo. Today we're going to unpack Zechariah 14, and, and, and it describes this day of the Lord. And we're also going to look at some other passages so we can see what and when that day is. So then we'll wrap up by seeing why that's important for us to know today. So that's that's today's program. So first we'll pray. I'll, I'll pray for our listeners, and then we'll read the verse or the mm-hmm. passage that we're looking at today. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can be on air and we can share these wonderful truths out of your word. Lord, we pray that you would speak through your word to our listeners today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
So, in the New Living Translation, uh, Leo, could you read Zechariah 14, 1 to 5? Zechariah 14, verse 1 to 5 says, Watch, for the day of the Lord is coming when your possessions will be plundered right in front of you. I'll be... I will all the nations. Sorry, I will gather. I will gather all the nations. Well, let me. I think there's a bit of a. I will gather all the nations to fight against Jerusalem. The city will be taken. The houses looted. The women raped. Half the population will be taken into captivity. Whoa! And the rest mm. will be left among the ruins of the city. Then the Lord will go out to fight against those nations, as He has fought in times past. On that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, hmm, east of Jerusalem. And the Mount of Olives will split apart, making a wide valley running from east to west. Half the mountains will move toward the north and half towards the south. You will flee through this valley, for it will reach across to Azal. Yes, you will flee as you did from the earthquake in the days of King Uzziah of Judah. Then the Lord my God will come and all his holy ones with him. Mm, now that's an interesting start to the to the chapter, and so if we look at that all happening at one time, it can be really confusing. What day is that talking about? So we're going to unpack that a little bit, look at a little bit more detail, a little bit more context to help us understand. I had a, a friend many years ago who had an interesting experience. He called up, uh, now I don't know if I used to say the company. Yeah, I think I will. Telstra. <laughs> he called up Telstra to sort out a billing issue and he was greeted by a, a very irate and short-tempered service technician. Now, that was odd. Now, he, he straight away um, knew because he didn't know this lady at all, but he straight away knew this kind of behavior for someone who was supposed to be helping you for your accounting and billing issues was out of character. Character. Now, he's, he was wise enough to have probably connected with God that day and asked for God to lead him and guide him because he didn't act as you would act when somebody's upset with you. Usually you bite back, don't you? Yeah. yeah. And he didn't. He didn't. He actually uh, kept a level head and he simply asked, are you okay? And the lady paused and then she broke down and started crying. Mm. And, and it turned out that she had just recovered from breast cancer. And then she found out that her daughter had breast cancer. Oh dear. So she had a lot going on, a lot going on. And he was actually able to help her. And once he did that and he prayed for her, they sorted out the billing issue pretty quick. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But when someone acts out of character, it's often wiser to check what's going on, you know, what, what's happening with this person, rather than just assuming that's what the person is like. Yeah, hear what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, and, and the same is true for God. After a proper study of the Bible, you can actually, uh, and, and you, you know, when you proper, properly study some of these very difficult passages, you can find there's a lot more there, and you come to the conclusion, you will come to the conclusion, if you study the Bible enough, that God is not the tyrant that some say he is. Mm. Okay, so some, and, and look, I grew up because of the way my father was. I grew up thinking that, you know, God was there with a big rod. It says he has a rod of iron. And I used to think he's going to, he wants to beat me with that when I step out of line mm. because that's what my dad used to do. Uh, we're in our teen years anyway. <clears throat> you know, so uh, often, often that's what we think God is like. But when we, when we look at the Bible properly, we'll see that's not what God's like. So one of those difficulties is a phrase that we'll look at today, the day of the Lord. 
Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up. We had this for worship the other day. We went through the story of the uh, Canaanite woman that comes to Jesus and says, can you please heal my daughter? And uh, mm. Jesus says something, look, I came from the house of Israel. She said, yeah, I still want to be part of that. And she says, no, no, they, you know, you don't give... What was it? You don't give um, crumbs to the the dogs. To the dogs, and we finished that story. And then <laughs> I asked my kids, you know, what, what did you make of mm. that? You know, I asked my wife and kids, let's let's break that down. And when it got to my daughter's yeah. turn, she's twelve. She says, "That sounds racist to me, Dad. Like he's yeah. racist towards the Canaanite." I said, "Okay, yeah. this is good. It sounds racist, but but who is, is Jesus? Who do you know Jesus to be?" And he said, mm. "She's he meant to be the loving guy that died on the cross for us, and yeah. he's done all these awesome miracles and preaching. And so this seems really out of." character <laughs> so yeah. we studied more into it and then she was like oh okay ah, all right yeah. now it's starting to <laughs> you know so it was, that, it. that was a good thing right? like if, he, if he's the gracious loving merciful god then there must mm. be something to this you know let's correct. look into it you know so yeah, yeah absolutely correct and so questions are not bad mm. questions are not bad so in our english translations of the bible the word the often implies there's only one of the things being referred to, right? right. So, um, for example, in what we're looking at today, if there was only one day of the Lord, then we would say the day of the Lord, right? right. However, if there were many days of the Lord, then referring to one of them in particular, we would call it a day of the Lord. Right. Okay, is that clear? That yes. makes sense? Yes, it's, uh, the the makes it singular. It's a specific singular. thing. Correct, uh, makes correct. it plural. It's, many, plural. it's one of many. It's one of, one of yeah. many. Yep. So throughout the Bible, there are over 20 references in my English translation, which is the New King James that I'm using and I use today. There's over 20 references that refer to the day of the Lord, but there are none that refer to a day of the Lord. So that infers, when I read it in English, that um, there's only one. Right. When that's that's the that's the conclusion I come to when I read the English trans um, a rendition of it. There's only one day of the Lord because it doesn't say uh, anywhere. It only says the. So when we read these verses and we come across differences in what's described on what's happening on the day of the Lord, it can be confusing to put together a proper picture then, can't it? Because mm-hmm. we think, well, there's only one day. If if on one day, on the day of the Lord, Jesus is coming, he's taking everybody back to heaven and then he's destroying the wicked, he's burning everything up and he's starting the world again. That doesn't make sense. How, how can he go back to heaven and make things new here and... It, it's it's confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. So I'd like to unpack this a little bit to help us understand what's particularly happening in, in Zechariah 14. Right. So I've got to rush through this. We've only got a few minutes now. So in the Old Testament, as I've already said, in our English translation, there aren't any references to a day of the Lord. They're all translated as the day of the Lord. And uh, this infers there's only one day. One day of the Lord. So, for example, the first time the day of the Lord is used in my English translation is Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 12. So I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 12. You hear me flicking my Bible. I like to uh, turn it up and read it myself. (laughs) So Isaiah chapter 2, I should have bookmarked this for you, and verse 12. Let me just quickly read that. It says, For the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everything proud and lofty, upon everything lifted up, and it shall be brought low. Now, in the Hebrew, it actually reads, For a day of or for Yahweh against all proud and lofty and against all lifted up and low. Now, that's quite different Mm. in the Hebrew. 
Then it shares a number of things that will be affected, ending the thought in verse 17 with the ideal from the Hebrew, and the haughtiness and proud a pride of man will be humbled and brought low, and God alone will be exalted on that day. So although it doesn't use the day of the Lord, it uses a day of the Lord, right. when you look at the rest of the text, it, uh, it actually, um, you can actually see that it's talking about what's happening on the day, that day. A particular day. All right? right. So it's not just any day, it's a particular day. And on that day, all the pr- pride will be, uh, proud will be put down and God will be exalted. That's, that's a summary of it. So you'll often see elsewhere when you're looking at these texts that uh, it refers to a day of the Lord and not the day of the Lord. And there is exceptions to this. The exceptions to this in the Hebrew is where it, it, it emphatically has, in the Hebrew, the word the. But mm. if it doesn't emphatically in the Hebrew have the word the in there, you have to infer it's saying a day of the Lord. If it just says day, it means a day. Now, you'll remember that from your Hebrew, won't you? Yes. Well, I'm trying, but that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> right? But if it's, if, it's, if it's emphatically the day, it'll say h, which is the word the in right. Hebrew. So if the h is missing, it's a, a day of the Lord. So there are some verses that emphatically put the the in there, and that's in Jeremiah 46.10. It explains that day will be a day of vengeance. In Joel 1.15, it explains that day will be a day of destruction. In Amos 5.18, explains that day will be a day of darkness. In Zephaniah 1.14, it calls it that great day. Mm. All mm. of those are speaking about a particular day. And then there's a reference in Zechariah 14.1, which we're going to look at after the break. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there's a day. But there is a specific the day. There is, right. correct. Right, okay, that's uh, often referred to. So, again, significant, uh, oh, sorry, the question for today is, what was the most significant day in your life? You can text it through to 488 and also hold on to that number because uh, there's a book offer that we're going to give later on. It's called The Final Hope, and if you stay, in, stay, on, uh, stay on the line, we'll be... Um, giving you the code later on, and you can claim a copy of that particular book. But the song they're about to sing, you know, like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm really getting to my bluegrass lately, David, uh, Max. Mm. And uh, <laughs> this one is, called, is from the Downing family, and it's called, uh, what's it called? Jesus is Coming Soon. It's mm, a good one. Wonderful. All right, we're back after break. Soon we'll be done with the troubles of the world. Going to live. No more, no more weeping and wailing. No more, no more weeping and wailing. No more, no more weeping and wailing. Going to live with God. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear. Now is that stay? Humbling your heart to God saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Well, many will meet their doom. 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tazian Councils of Faith FM with Pastor Max, and uh, we're talking about the topic of the Day of the Lord, but before we get back into it, we've had a couple of responses. Um, got one from Margie, says, I'm amazed at the depth of God's character. It is opening up to me daily. He is so awesome. So yes, mm. yes, uh, Margie obviously is getting to know uh, the character of God every time, and when there's things like this you're talking about, does it make sense? She's obviously looking into it. This other one's rather touching. They've, uh, they want to remain anonymous. Um, they've said, this is a deeply personal experience that I don't often share, but very significant. When I was young and troubled, newly pregnant and abandoned by my partner, my family being Catholic were ashamed. They rejected and disowned me. In my despair, I cried out to God. What happened next was the most amazing thing ever. The Holy Spirit comforter came upon me and I was filled with a peace beyond understanding. I felt it physically and spiritually. That is the beginning of my testimony. God Mm. came to me in my brokenness and that's a gift I'll always have to hang on to. There have been many more life trials, but I know for sure that God is with me and God is good. Amen. Mm. That Mm. is incredibly encouraging. I find that so inspiring. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And I'm sure there's some listeners out there that have got some encouragement from this as well. So thank you for sharing that with us. Mm. So before the break, you were saying that you're going to look at one example where um, uh, the the and the are on on that day. So um, Mm. you're going to break that down for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. I I noticed on the breakfast show we had Liz and and, – uh, Bruce. Who, who is the other one? Bruce. Bruce and Liz D- Dable. So I would like to have a shout out to them if they're still on and they're listening. Uh, I've, I've known them for many years. Ah, and okay. Really, really good to see them interacting there on awesome. Faith FM. So if they're still listening, hey guys, how are you going? Hey, Hope Bruce and Liz. Well. Yes. So yeah, before the break, I was talking about there is one example where it doesn't use a the day of the Lord, it uses a day of the Lord, but to understand um, what it's talking about, whether it's talking about some one of the days or the day of the Lord, we can look at the context, and that's very important. Context is very important when we're trying to discover more about the Bible. So, as I've mentioned already, as we read in... Uh, Zechariah 14 and verse 1. So let me go there and I'll read that again for us. Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. It's saying in English, the day of the Lord is coming. Um, in the Hebrew, it says, look, a day is coming for Yahweh and he will divide your war booty in your midst. Verse 2 then appears... Um, that it doesn't happen on that day. 
Now, that's interesting because it goes on and it says, so a day of the Lord is coming and he's going to divide your spoil in your midst. And then it goes on, for I will gather the nations to battle against Jerusalem. The city will be taken, houses rifled. It mentions half the city going to captivity. It mentions a bunch of things that will happen to Jerusalem. It doesn't necessarily imply. Hi, Joanna. Hope you're doing well. She's had a call out too. Great to <laughs> see these people interacting. Yes, hmm. So it's not necessarily happening on that day. It's just going on to explain a bunch of things are going to happen to Jerusalem. That's an important mind shift because it helps us see that what Zechariah is saying through God's in- inspiration, a day of God is coming. And it's going to be a day where all the stuff you think you got is not going to mean anything. Okay, And a number of things are going to happen to Jerusalem, like between Zechariah's day and that day. And then it talks about some things that are going to happen. It would appear, it would appear that um, if you read on and you just read verse 1 in isolation, it would appear that it could be any day and it'll be difficult to nail down, right? But uh, the rest of the context tells us what will happen on that day that was introduced in verse 1. So this is one where it doesn't specifically use the the, but the rest of the context helps to define what's going on on that one particular day. So on that one particular day, when you read on in verse, uh, let me see, verse 4 onwards, right, it says, and in that day, so a particular day, it says, on that day, the Mount of Olives will split in two. Jesus' feet will touch the ground and the Mount of Olives will split in two and there'll be a huge valley. Now, I know that this is not when Jesus comes next because in 1 Thessalonians 4.15 to 18, it says that he will meet us in the clouds. It says, as he comes, the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive will be transformed, and we will meet the Lord in the air, and then we'll always be with the Lord. Right? So at his next return, in his second coming, we call it, his feet are not going to touch the earth, but rather he'll meet us in the clouds and return to be with him in heaven. And that's also a reference in Revelation 24 and 5. If you read that, you see the same thing happening. There's a thousand years in heaven. Right. But back in Zechariah, back in Zechariah, verse 5, it says, Then you shall flee through my mountain, val- uh, through my mountain valley, uh, for the val- mountain valley shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee, as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come and all the saints with you, or with him. The Hebrew, uh, the Hebrew actually says with him. So when will Jesus bring all his saints with him? It's not going to be his second coming because he's coming to get us at that time, right? So this is sometime after his second coming. In verse 6, it goes on to say that there'll be no light. The lights will diminish. And this is interesting because in 2 Thessalonians 2.8, it says that Jesus' next return will be bright. In fact, it says that his brightness will destroy the wicked. That's really interesting. The The reference in Zechariah seems to be different. On that day, whenever this is happening, 
it will result in darkness. In Jude 1.13 and 2 Peter 2.17, it says the destruction of the wicked is referred to as the blackness of darkness forever. The blackness a, of darkness. Forever. It's a mm. dark day. But mm. when Jesus comes second coming, it's a bright day. Right. In verse, in verse 7, it says that the end of that day, this dark day, at the end of the day it will be light. Verse 8 says that living waters will flow from Jerusalem. Verse 9 says that Jesus will be king over all the earth. Verse 10 speaks about a restoration. And it seems, it seems that the darkness is now past and all things are made new. What does that remind you of? The new creation. New creation. So from Revelation, Revelation, that's what it talks about in Revelation. I've got time to read it. Revelation 20, 14 um, to 21, 3 and 22 and 23, it talks about all things being made new, God being our light. God's removed sin and sinners and he's made all things new and bright. So after the destruction of sin and sinners, it talks about holiness to the Lord. Holiness to the Lord. The people are holiness to the Lord. The animals are uh, engraved holiness to the Lord. Sin's gone. So I, I see a final hint as to when this day of the Lord occurs in Zechariah 14, 12 to 13. And I need to read that for you. 12 to 13, it says, And this shall be the plague which with which the Lord will strike the people who fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall dissolve while they stand on their feet. Their eyes shall dissolve in their sockets and their tongues shall dissolve in their mouth. Um, it shall come to pass in that day for a great panic from the Lord will be among them. Everyone sees the hand of their neighbor, raises his hand against his neighbor's hand, and, and then it talks about this destruction. It talks about this destruction. I'd like to read Malachi. I'd like to read Malachi mm, good chapter 4, verse 1. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble, and the day which is coming will burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that will leave them neither root nor branch. Branch. Does that sound like that dissolving? Yes. Disappearing? Sure Ash. Ash, Revelation 27 to 9, talks about those who come up against the city after the thousand years and they will be consumed. They'll be consumed. So it would appear that both of these passages parallel what Zechariah was shown, the final destruction of the wicked after the thousand-year reign in heaven and, 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 and following Jesus' soon return. Mm. It sounds to me like you're saying uh, there's a... The, the, you know, the, the day of the Lord is mm. not actually referring to the second coming of Jesus when the dead in Christ no. shall rise first and those who are alive. You're, you're saying that the, this is pointing to what you might call the third coming of Jesus Christ. Yeah, where that's right. Justice comes with, with his uh, third coming. Would that be correct? That's right. That's right. So from the list we've identified so far in Zechariah 14, that appears to be the case. Wow. It appears, Zechariah 14 appears to be talking about the removal of sin from this universe. Ooh, I hope everyone's staying in their seats. This is uh, getting hot. It's, um, <laughs> we're going to get to break, but before we do, there's a book. We've got a book offer. Uh, the Final Hope is called Three Messages for an Anxious World. The three messages it's referring to is a three angels message. Now, if you read it, some think, oh, this sounds quite um, eerie or this sounds scary. But no, this is actually, as the text refers to, the everlasting, the good news, 
the everlasting gospel, right? So it's it's a real it's a really good message. It's called um, so this book it answers questions like is Babylon a real place? What is the beast? Can anyone know what the mark really is? Fire and brimstone just seems terrifying. So um, you know if you want to find out the good news of the three angels' message, then uh, claim this book. We'll give you the code after the break. And we did ask the question: What's one of the significant um, uh, times of your life? That, that, you know, possibly, possibly changed your, your way of seeing the world. You can text through your answer and also the code once we give it to you to claim the free book offer on 048880891. But now we're going to go to another <laughs> uh, mm. bluegrass song. This is one of my favorite hymns. It's called, uh, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to Encounters on Faith FM, and we're talking with Pastor Max on the topic of the Day of the Lord. I promised to give away uh, a code to claim our free offer. We've got many copies to give away of the Final mm. Hope, three messages for an anxious world. So, for today's offer, you can text through the word Hope One, H O P E, and an alphanumeric number one, all in one word. If you text, text it through to 0488. Double eight zero eight nine one. You can claim your free 
book offer of The Final Hope. So David, uh, sorry, Max, mm. Pastor Max, before the break, you were saying that the day of the Lord that Zechariah was referring to or other, other Old Testament that talk about the day of the Lord is yeah. actually the day of the, what do you call it? The blackness, the day of, of blackness. darkness forever. Yeah. yeah after yeah, the 1,000 yeah. years. Correct, so correct. Why is, why is yeah. it important to us then to understand? Well, look, firstly, relating to that book, uh, The Final Hope, it's really connected with The Final Hope. That's really important. If, you, if you've never read anything from Clifford Goldstein, you want to get this book. If you have read anything from Clifford Goldstein, you're probably texting in already because it's <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely love the way Clifford Goldstein gets into the mind of the technical breakdown of the Bible. Um, this final hope will introduce your friends and neighbours to a future they can't even imagine. Get the book. Wonderful. Mm. So let's get into this final section, this final section today. Um, uh, yeah, look, it's a really good question. It's so important for us to understand this, this particular day of the Lord. To wrap up today, I want to actually unpack that. So firstly, it's a question. It's a question that somebody had with the application of Zechariah 14 in its timing. So that's one of the reasons I covered this topic today. Um, they, they had the question, does it apply to Jesus' second coming or does it apply after the end of the thousand years? What I've tried to do is today is to show that we, ha you know, show everybody how we read, compare and apply what we learn elsewhere in scripture to any difficult texts we come across, um, or something we're having trouble with in the Bible, you know. Then, then when we compare scripture to scripture to get the full picture of what the Bible teaches on a subject, we're doing what Paul instructs us to do. Um, through Timothy or to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15 where he says, Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Amen. When, when you do this carefully, um, Leo, you, you actually be often very surprised at what you find. When you do it yourself, when you do it yourself, you will have an understanding that you'll be able to share with people with passion. Now, I had that when um, I've talked about this before, uh, when Jesus said to the, um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they said to him, show us a sign. He said, I'm not showing you a sign. Actually, I will. Um, the sign of Jonah, that's your sign. Uh, just like Jonah was three days, three nights in the belly of the fish, so will the Son of Man be three days, three nights in the heart of the earth. He uses a very specific phrase. So most people apply that, and I applied it to three days, three nights in the grave. And it doesn't matter which way you cut it. If he dies Friday night, there's no three nights. There is no three nights. He's Friday night in the grave, Saturday night in the grave. He breaks free of the grave Sunday morning. So you can get your days if you look at the way, you know, Hebrews calculate time, part of Friday, uh, all of Saturday, part of Sunday, um, you know, sunset, sunset, but you can't get three nights. So this really bothered me for a long time, and it wasn't until I decided I was going to find an answer, and I won't give you the answer because most of you probably heard it through other programs, but it showed me that when you study the word deeply, you get the answers you're looking for, and when you get those answers, you can share them with passion. Amen. So, yeah. yeah, So, and you'll often be really encouraged by that. So, secondly, there's a number of important lessons that we can learn from a correct application of what Zachariah was shown and what he wrote about. First... 
if this day of the Lord that Zechariah is talking about is Jesus' second coming, and a side note is that all of the references, the four references to this phrase, the day of the Lord in Greek, New Testament, all emphatically use the word the, and they all refer to Jesus' next coming not the one after the thousand years. So there's a difference there. And you've got to do that study to find that. So that's really interesting. But uh, what you'll find when you apply this is that uh, if you say it's the Old Testament's referring to his second coming is what we call it, then, then everyone who's destroyed at that coming have no recourse for God's actions. Um, because Zechariah 14 infers that when it's done, all sin will be dealt with and the earth will be renewed. So no one has, everyone's just got to accept God's judgment. If, if what Zachariah is talking about infers the first or the next coming of Jesus. However, if we've, if, if as we've seen in Zechariah 14, it applies to after the thousand years and it parallels the record in Revelation 20 as we've seen, there is time for the righteous to review God's records in heaven during that thousand years. There is a time of reckoning when after all of that thousand years, all of the wicked will be resurrected, they'll be shown where they went wrong, what God did to save them, and everyone will recognize, as we saw in Philippians, everyone will recognize that God is good, he's loving, he's patient, he's done everything possible. This shows me then, when we apply it correctly in Zechariah to the after the thousand years, that God is fair and just. God is fair and just. So I come back to my opening illustration of being out of character. When we take a careful look at the Bible, we see that God is a being of love, care, mercy and grace. Uh, However, he's also a God of justice. You know, he will not allow the sin and suffering and the misery that it causes to go on forever. Uh, He will only allow it to go on as long as it's necessary until everyone's made up their mind. In Isaiah 28, 21, it says that, that God is going to come and do a strange thing. He will come and do an unusual deed. But when he has to remove sin and rebellion from the universe, it's, it's something that's out of character for God, if you like. Um, but he will do it because he needs to do it. It needs to be done. He needs to safely remove sin and suffering from the universe, mm. all the rebellion that's going on. Mm. He needs to do it, and it's out of his character. He's a God of love. He created us. He doesn't want to destroy us, but if we don't want to be with God... He is going to give us that wish, and he's going to do it in the most humane and quick way as possible. It's not a burning that lasts forever. It'll just be this short period, and then we get what we want. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's once no, your that's flesh, another topic to look at, isn't it? It is. Yeah, once yeah. your flesh dissolves off your body, how can you be anything else? Right. You're, as, as it says in Malachi, you are ashes. Ash. You're finished. Consumed, you said. That's right. So the question raised from our study today is, will you accept Jesus now Amen. and get to know God better so that when that day does come, you'll find yourself safely inside the city with Jesus. Amen. If you'd like any help with that, please get in touch because we'd just love to point you in the right direction and get you started on your journey to make today your most significant day. That's right. And uh, to help you also supplement uh, that understanding, getting to know the good news even more and how great the character of our our Jesus Christ is, 
The book, Final Hope, Three Messages of an Anxious World by Clifford Goldstein. You can text through HOPE1, all in one word, H-O-P-E, alphanumeric number one, to 488 you can claim uh, the free book offer. Uh, next week, we look at the preparation of the final crisis, part one, by uh, the prayer life of Jesus as uh, David does that. So join us again, and may you choose Jesus today. God bless you all. We've got this hope. We've got a future. We've got the power of the resurrection living within. We've got this hope. We've got a promise that we are held up and protected in the palm of His hand. And even when our hearts are breaking, Oh, 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 we've got this hope oh, oh, oh.